Titus, I'm bored. What plaything can you offer me today? An obscure body in the SK system, Your Majesty. The inhabitants refer to it as the Helming Power Hour. <laughs> Welcome back to the Hell Ming Power Hour, episode number 41. Man, we've passed the 40 mark. We're, we're no longer young children, Danny. Yeah, the uh, podcast is middle-aged now. If you don't know, my name is Rick Morgan. I'm one of your hosts, and my co-host is brother Danny Bennett, Danny Bennett over there. Danny Minute Work. Danny Minute Work. we're a couple of minute work today. So, <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's episode 41 four to the one because 40 was last week of course we're excited to bring you some of our favorite movies and this week is no different right yeah this is one that uh i've watched many 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 times so it's gonna be fun to revisit this one jumping in the old time machine and going back and we've got a special guest also special guest in the house with us too and we'll be bringing them on in a few minutes he's kind of our boss in a way should we call him boss danny yes okay our boss. We'll see how the three of us fit in the time machine and, and go back to 1986. That's going to be fun. So, you guys just stick around. We'll be back in just a few seconds. The Hailming Power Hour is brought to you by the Six Demon Bag. It has wind, fire, all that kind of thing. And loyal subjects of Mongo like you. Hail Ming! All right, welcome back. We're going to jump into this movie as fast as we can. Uh, This is a personal favorite of mine. I know this movie inside and out. And uh, we've been trying to get some guests back on, and we haven't had this fellow on in a while. So it's awesome to get to introduce again Mr. Legion Podcast himself, Mr. Bo Ransdale's in the house. Hey, I'm actually changing my name to Mr. Legion Podcast. I like that. So uh, you're you're actually a little bit ahead of things, which which only makes sense on this show. <laughs> um, and and I actually look forward to when you start jumping forward in time to do reviews of movies that don't exist yet. Oh well, that that can happen actually. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's gonna that's gonna happen. Well, you know, we did the farcical. We did the farcical episode where we did Princess Bride too. So, it's it's very possible that uh, uh, we have been challenged to do. Uh, I think it was Flash Gordon Part Two, Clytus's Revenge. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, 
Clytus is forever being told someone is bored on this show. So <laughs> I think that's the one it won, right, Danny, or was it something else? I'm, I'm pretty sure it was. It was the one that when we need to go back through all of our polls and make sure that <laughs> we know what they are, because sooner or later we're going to have to start delivering. <laughs> yeah, was, we want to we want to apologize to all our listeners because we put those polls out there and they vote and we just never follow through. <laughs> We, we will though. Yes, absolutely. We will though. We're not stringing you along. Really we, soon we too. Have a, we have a docket of things that we really need to catch up on. So. Right. Yeah. 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 We're just planning ahead, so you guys are part of a bigger plan than right now. So that should make you feel special. <laughs> yeah. Well, everybody likes to be part of something, you right. know. Uh, and and what better thing to be part of than uh, one of the shows here on Legion Podcast where we have a long and storied history of saying things we're going to do and then just not ever do. <laughs> so so, so we're, at, we're at home. So for you folks that don't know, oh, I, yes. we, we said earlier that, you know, Bo is, we give him the name Mr. Legion Podcast, but realistically, I mean, Danny and I put this goofy little show together, but if, if Bo didn't take us and, and, and put us through Legion Podcast, We'd still be just talking to ourselves and just handing it out to people. So we want to really thank him for taking the chance on us getting this out there because that's the way your folks are listening to this. So thanks, man. Hey, thank you. (laughs) You know, like I just kind of, you know, write the check to host the site and then you guys do all the hard work. Like it goes both ways. Like you think that I do way more than I do. (laughs) Most of what I do is I sit on a pile of Internet money. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Which rolls in thanks to all the podcasts. And you as, bastard. And as everyone knows, internet money is incredibly valuable. Is this like Bitcoin? Is like oh, ma- magical internet money? Like wizards bring it and stuff? If only it were Bitcoin. Um, no, it's more like... Uh, like it's a, a half step below Monopoly money in that it's not actually printed. Ah, so so it's nothing. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, but what we're doing is we are collecting, uh, as the name implies, a legion of followers, which we can then militarize, and eventually we will conquer the world. Yes. That's, that's the five-year plan. So... Coming. <laughs> there we go. Nice. Or, or nice. maybe it didn't. I, I'm going to get Hail Mings to Duncan get the last time he was on, because we're shooting for more. Okay, well, we can definitely beat it, so. <laughs> All right, good. good. I mean, I, like, after every period, there should be a Hail Ming. Okay, you'll just have to remind uh, me. I'll, I'll try to slap it over here. <laughs> so. uh, but no, I'm I, seriously, I'm happy to be here. You guys are, are a juggernaut. I was actually, I was talking to Duncan, a.k.a. Scottish Bow, uh, just <laughs> last night. <laughs> I didn't say that. That's a Richard a Richard Glenn Schmidt of Hello, This is the Doom Show. That fame. sounds about it right, was him, about Richard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He he referred to me as as Duncan while we were recording, and uh, we worked away our way around to Scottish Bow. So, uh, but I was talking to Scottish Bow last night, and uh, we were talking about the fact that. Uh, like Hail Ming of all the shows that that kind of didn't have a pedigree and I, I don't mean that in an insulting way I just mean like you guys hadn't done a podcast before right um, and, and Legion can be very incestuous which is sexy but um, <laughs> because we, we've all done shows either together or hosted on on, on shows or guested on shows and, and that kind of thing and you guys were sort of an unknown commodity but 
like as soon as I listened to the the show that you sent me, I was like, well, this is great. So I have to steal this before somebody else wises up. And, uh, and but you guys like the numbers are just are are just fantastic for your show. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know. I, I have empirical evidence that you guys do a good podcast. Yay. I, I don't have to just feel it in my gut. I, I can show you numbers. So. What do you think about that, kids? What is this? Nope. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Wait, let's, Boy, try blessed. let's try that again. What do you think about that, kids? <laughs> the other one was probably more <laughs> <This>? accurate. <laughs> <laughs> Those kids had deep voices and were upset. <laughs> All right, man, we're, we're not going to get anywhere. Hey, we it's appreciate like the brood. We appreciate. <laughs> All right, man. There you go. We're on the count. <laughs> so yeah, yes. man. Uh, we hey, we appreciate the kind words. I mean, again, we just we you know we steal from the best and just try to figure out what what we like and don't like and just make it happen. So, but uh, yeah, man, it's gonna be fun. We all love this movie, I know, so I'm excited about it. And uh, in order to do that, we have to get the time machine. But before we do that, we have to talk about the sponsors that sponsor the time machine, or we can't take the trip. So uh, one that uh, has left us for a little while because they got upset, but they've come back, and I'm glad they have, uh, is uh, uh, the A-Team the Plumbing which their motto is "I pity the stool." Oh, back. Yeah, I brought them back. I pity <laughs> the stool. So, uh, and <laughs> and still going strong. Although none of us have uh, uh, dental licenses, uh, Bennett Dentistry, where every appointment is at two thirty. <laughs> <laughs> you changed your slogan. <laughs> well, and and as always, we will do our business in your mouth. That's right. <laughs> And I've got a new one because Bowen wasn't going to bring it up because he's got a little bit of pride. But uh, he's got a new business called uh, Bo Ransdale's Tackle and Bait, where their motto is, is uh, we tickle your bass. Yeah, that is that is true. <laughs> I know, I, I know I'm, I'm totally breaking the fourth wall here. Should I, should I do the one I wrote? Sure. Okay. Uh, so because I'm a bit of a, uh, a, a writer at heart, this is far too long. Um, but... Inspired by the events of one crazy summer, I brought back a, a business I began when I was I was but a lad, and that is of course Bo's Face Unstickatorium, <laughs> where we undo the damage done to you. Now the world is a tough place, you guys know that, and even tougher when you have been the victim of a malicious attack at the most inopportune moment. Whether you're in traffic, entertaining a baby, or simply expressing your displeasure at a driver. You're going to make a face. And with the abundance of jerks in the world, someone's going to slap you on the back at these sensitive times. <laughs> now, here at Bo's Face on Stickatorium, we use the latest in putty technology to do the hard work of restoring your face to its former glory, or at least the best we can do. We are not licensed by anyone. So... There you go. Bo's face unstick a torm. <laughs> oh, oh I, I didn't stick the landing. Oh, damn it. <laughs> we, we just got a free commercial, yo. <laughs> yeah. And I would just just chop that out and you know, just leave it where it is. Yeah. Just leave it there. Oh, we're... we're <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, kids. All right, so it's time for us to jump into the time machine. Bo, you ready? I was born ready. Right. And well, well, by the time we get there, 
Here we go. Strap yourselves down. Okay. Here we go again. Move your foot, Bo. Oh. Oh. Yeah, that's what? true. Oh, that, no, that was me. That was me. Oh. Ah. That's the time chicken. Oh. Oh, there it goes. There he goes. There he goes. Oh. Well. Everything everything smell like beef jerky in here. So what we have to do now <laughs> is uh, we have to find enough sponsors to raise enough, raise enough money to build a time chicken in 1986 so we can get back. <laughs> Not good. Not good. Oh. And this time we, we need to, to raise enough money for some time chicken shackles. Cause <laughs> Man, we forgot the that shackles. Joker's <laughs> that joker's fast. Okay. That mother's strong. <laughs> All right, man. 1986, one crazy summer. We're back in time. Everything looks just like we left it in 1986. Uh, besides the beef jerky smell, like like Bo said earlier. But yeah, looking pretty sharp. Hey, look so. at all those pine trees over there. It don't happen like that in the future. <laughs> pine trees. <laughs> you, you like on the on the. Uh, on the rear view, oh. which actually in a time machine, a rear view is a Ford view. Right. That's correct. Right. Anyways, <laughs> to give us a synopsis, because we brought it with us back in time, here's uh, from South Park, uh, Mr. Hanky. Hi, ho I'm Mr. Hanky. One crazy summer, Debbie gets a spot on the roster of the Dallas Cowboy Cheerleaders, <laughs> which is referenced only as Texas throughout the movie. The only problem is that Debbie doesn't have enough money to get there on her own, and her mom doesn't want to help her, so her friends decide to help her out. And they all get small jobs around town to raise money. One day, Debbie is approached by her boss, Mr. Greenfield, <laughs> who first offers $10 to see her press. Another $10 to touch them. She finally gets to go when Mr. Greenfield offers to pay for everything if Debbie helps him realize his fantasy and let him score a touchdown. <laughs> Starring Chuck Norris, Christy oh, Brinkley, Tom Jones, and Ed McMahon. As Mr. Greenfield. <laughs> hey I feel like I watched the wrong movie. <laughs> yeah, that's always the case. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that's the norm. <laughs> I, but, you know, in listening to that synopsis, I couldn't help but relate. That just, it, it speaks to me in a very personal way. <laughs> it's like, is that like the story of how you, you got onto Legion Podcasts? <laughs> it really is the the ta- like when the book is finally written. That's really chapter one. Yes. <laughs> oh, I forgot to mention, man. We got uh, we got a new segment that I forgot all about. But uh, all you folks listening out there, uh, of course, you know we got 
our Facebook page. We got our, our, our Gmail accounts and stuff. And we really encourage you guys to give us feedback on the shows and everything. And I've got this one email that came in, or a voicemail that came in, actually. And I uh, wanted to share that. And uh, you guys are free to send any kind of information in, but I found this one pretty interesting. So uh, here, here's a voicemail I got today. Hey, Helming Power Hour, we love your show. It's really cool. I really enjoy it, especially that one time that Sean Connery dude was on there. Yeah, you remember Baby CeeLo Green? Helming Power Hour, we're going to kill you. <laughs> Y'all remember that time they did race? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know? Remember race? Remember that guy got in that really big car and it did stuff? You know? Was that Tom Cruise? Tom Cruise in that movie? I actually don't remember that one at all. <laughs> Helming Power Hour, we know where you live. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, if you want to send in your voicemails or (laughs) any kind of messages, uh, feel free. Or threats. (laughs) Oh. I feel dirty. (laughs) Oh. We we didn't do a good enough job on the Wraith, apparently. (laughs) What was that? (laughs) I don't know. Okay. Never felt more alive, quite frankly. (laughs) All right, let's jump into this, man. We've rambled on long enough. Danny, why do we watch One Crazy Summer? The first reason that comes to mind for me is the dog Bosco. Oh! With the the flea cone. That's my number one as well, man. Bosco, man. Bosco rules. Bosco! I mean, <laughs> he has a pivotal it's, part in the whole plot of the movie. <laughs> it's true. It's like, all right, I, but I, I, Bosco didn't even make my list. That's how that's how chock full of stuff is wow. in this movie. But yes, but to your to your point about Bosco, Bosco is representative of what makes this movie wonderful. Which is, uh, am I getting ahead of it if I talk about Bosco's kids? No, no, Go no. Ahead, man. That Bosco, of course, in the film has the, the dog cone around his head. <laughs> and later in the film, uh, as it turns out, he has uh, sired a litter of, of puppies, which all have miniature cones around their head. Right. <laughs> and, you know, that just warms my heart. And it's it's a perfect example of the kind of humor that you're going to get with Savage Steve Holland because I'm not even sure that we've we've said what movie we're covering. Have we? <laughs> yeah, we we did, but that's okay. One Crazy Summer, 1986. One Crazy Summer <laughs> from Savage Steve Holland. It's just a really hokey joke, and it's delivered with all the 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 purity of childhood. It's just amazing. Yeah. Yeah, this is not a, a a mindful piece of art movie you're going to see. This is just crazy entertainment. If you grew up with Better Off Dead, well, this is basically the follow-up to that. So uh, some argue, you know, Better Off Dead's more their favorite. Uh, you know, I kind of like this one better, but that's just me. I actually saw this one in the theater. Yeah, I, I think it depends on the day. Like, when I watched it last night, because I went into it thinking the same thing, that, like, you know... One Crazy Summer is great. Better Off Dead is my favorite. And then I watched Better Off Dead, 
And I was like, or not Better Off Dead, I'm sorry. I, I watched One Crazy Summer last night, you know, in preparation. And I, I, I'm not I'm not sure I'm as certain of that anymore. Right. Uh, I, I, I really, I mean, they're both of the same cloth. Like, they make a great double feature. Absolutely. But, uh, I mean, Bosco is, like, when Taylor Negron says, that dog should be put out of its misery. <laughs> What do you say, little girl? You want us to kill your dog? Oh, it's great. It's fantastic. Him and Rich Hall. That's a, what a great team. Uh-huh. All right, Bo. Uh, what's your number one reason, Bo? All right. This is the reason I love this movie, and it's the story that Egg tells to cheer up Ack. Or Ack, Ack. <laughs> and... He tells the story of a little fat boy that he went to school with who had a twin, but they didn't look anything alike, no matter how much they wanted to. Egg says, Egg, was that little boy you? And he goes, what? No, no, I used to grab that boy and go, why are you so fat? Why are you so fat? And you beat the shit out of him. So uh, that line, you, you got to do it in the voice. You got to do it in the voice. Decades. You got to do it in the voice, man. Oh, what? No! I, I used to grab it. Why are you so fat? Why are you so fat? <laughs> Let me tell you the story, my little boy. And he had a brother, and and he couldn't get ah! And then everybody used to laugh at him and call him fat. Yeah, I used to oh, quote. I used to quote that story. line too. <laughs> I mentioned that I watched One Crazy Summer to, to someone uh, earlier today, and, and you know, a, a good friend of mine who is uh, as stupid as I am. And uh, he immediately was like, Oh my God, that story, the why are you so fat story. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, that's that's one of my, my favorite. Actually, he was going to be in my top five lines, but I knew I would have to try to quote the whole thing and I would blow it. So, all right, my number one reason, man. My number one reason is Uncle Frank. Since Bosco's taken, I love Uncle Frank. Uncle Frank. <laughs> sitting there with his nicotine-stained oh, fingers. He waits all summer. He waits all summer, sitting there by the phone, and, and Rich Little's talking on the radio, and he reaches up and he scratches his head, and just a big lump of hair falls out. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Frank rules, man. Uh, it's, it, it, you're only going to get these kind of characters in a, in a Steve Holland movie like this. Aki, you could put your stuff in Uncle Frank's room. He won't even notice. <laughs> He decides to go in and take a bath, and he takes the radio and the phone in there with him. You know, it's just it's just awesome, man. I love that too because he's trying to walk somewhere, and the and and Rich Hall's going on there. He's like, hey, we could play the song right now. It could be any minute. He goes, runs back over to the phone. He's like, but we won't. We're not going. He's like, oh come on. But he's just. <laughs> That's great, man. I Life is ruined by, by all summer trying to win this contest on the local radio station. <laughs> well, and, uh, it, and it seems like he he is so preoccupied uh, 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 preoccupied by this that he can't get his life together in the other seasons either. Right? Yeah. That it's all just living for this this contest, which of course leads to the end of the film where he he wins. <laughs> <laughs> and in his excitement, yanks the the phone cord yeah. out of the wall, which is thank God we traveled back here because if we told this story in 2017 from whence we came, 
right. people would say like why is there a cord on that phone right 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 and that whole sequence is great too because you know the, the guy I, I would love another one they the uh, the dj is saying is saying hey what are you gonna do with the money and, and he's busy going yeah, i've been waiting for day in day out. <laughs> he's not even paying attention to what he's saying he's just happy that he won <laughs> and you can tell that the dj is like oh my god i'm trying to make this radio worthy and this guy's just just whining on about his life and he's like what are you gonna do with the boat and then he pulls the thing out and so the next person's like well looks like we lost him and the guy's kind of glad you know right and the next person <laughs> she, she's like what did i win oh you know and, and, uh, <laughs> and how do you solve yeah. that problem yeah rocket launcher <laughs> rocket launcher right Right. Well, and, you know, again, the the genius of Savage Steve Holland, which is Akak has his bazooka in there. That's right. And, uh, you Perfectly know, Uncle Frank is going to need it. It's not like, yep. And how do you top it off? A honeymoon suite song. Right. <laughs> which is absolutely, and this is not a joke, that's one of my favorite 80s songs. I love, I love honeymoon suite. I said it. I said it, folks. I've come clean. Wow. Like, I love Honeymoon Suite. Be there's your no, truth. There's no Hail Man, y'all. It's, it's right. for real. It's for real. Honeymoon Suite! <laughs> <laughs> Danny, next reason. I think we're all going to agree that the next reason to watch One Crazy Summer, I can say a lot of things here, but I'm going to have to say foam. <laughs> yes. The giant dolphin with rabies. Right. It, it's it's got, They have this animatron, uh, animatronic snaggle tooth dolphin with with foam <laughs> emanating from his mouth i mean it's not really a huge part of the movie but it's definitely amazing oh it's, it's yeah it's, well and, it, and, and it's foam too they're yeah, shooting the, se- the sequel <laughs> <laughs> oh, what i love about it remember the jaws game that you bought the actual like board game but it was the you know it was the plastic jaws and it had the rubber bands that held this his jaw open and you put the trash in there and you pull it out with a hook <laughs> dolphin looks yes. a whole lot like like that jaws game well and all right so and there's also the moment speaking of them kind of riffing on jaws in this movie there is also the mirror scene from uh jaws where the the deputy finds the hand yes and yep there is a moment in better of I am so sorry. One Crazy Summer, uh, where Akak sees the headless doll, and it is shot exactly like like the soft focus and all that stuff. And it's clear that Sebastian loved Jaws, except he wanted to really goof on it. Right. Um, And and the foam coming out of the teeth when you get the, like, through the mouth shot. Through the mouth shot, yeah. uh, (laughs) It's so good. (laughs) I want one. Yeah, we need to see the movie. So, I mean, there's no argument there. No. I mean, foam 2. Yeah. It's the movie within a movie that we de- definitely just have to. <laughs> yeah. That's a good one, man. All right, Bo, what you got? Uh, we First of all, we are. I'm, I'm writing Foam 2 as we speak. We're going to make that movie. <laughs> um, it's the animal hospital. Um, <laughs> mostly because of how hard I laugh. <laughs> Every time they they say, "Hey, we've got to get you know the, the dog to the animal hospital," and the very next shot, uh, a terrier of some kind in a doctor's coat pushing a small wheelchair that has a cat in it bandaged up, and it is the most Looney Tunes joke that ever Looney Tunes, and I love it. 
And that's what Savage Steve Holland is good for. I mean, his 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 comedies are so zany. Yeah, it, I mean, it's such an obvious joke, but the fact that somebody bothered to have a cast and crew arrange around this and like, okay, we got to get that dog to push this wheelchair, <laughs> and we've got to keep that cat still for a minute. Like, part of me is thinking of the technical expertise that is required for a five-second completely ridiculous gag but that's why i love one crazy summer it's it, it they will go out of their way for the dumbest joke possible my next reason we can sit here and talk all day long about who the cast is john kuzak is it demi moore no bob Guthwaite. well yes <laughs> yeah deep down this movie was made for me as a kid because you got booger in there and you got bobcat Goldthwait. It doesn't get any better for me than that right there. So, uh, but I would be a fool if I didn't say the real reason to watch this movie is Bobcat Goldthwait in a Godzilla suit. Ugh, yeah. Yes. I mean, yes. Instantly what I think of when I think of this movie. It, it's, well, yeah, and it's great. The fact that Bob Goldthwait means he's generally making Godzilla noises anyway. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you couldn't have got it any better than that. And just the fact... <laughs> You know, and, and you get the whole crazy, crazy kind of Keystone Cop thing there because you got, you know, the the young uh, kids troop that's out on the <laughs> out on the beach. You're chasing George, and he's on the moped. You got John Cusack's all wrapped up like a mummy, and then you got <laughs> Bob Goldthwait running around in a Godzilla suit, all in the same scene. It's just gold, man. It's yeah. just gold. That that's pretty tremendous. And, and in fairness, though, you can almost take any scene with Bobcat Goldthwait in the movie and say like, okay, this is the best moment of the film because he's always really, really funny in everything he's, he, every moment he's in. He always was to me, for sure. I mean, he was he was one of those people that I latched on early on. And like I said, I, I was a fan of, of Booger too from, you know, uh, Revenge of the Nerds. So the two of them together, man, I'm a happy dude. And some Honeymoon Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> also, the guy from Popcorn. The dude from Popcorn. That's right. Absolutely. You got Tom Villard as as Clay Stork. Yeah. Wait, Egg and Clay Stork, by the way. Right. Uh, fantastic <laughs> names for these characters. <laughs> oh. And what about when, when he's in the Godzilla suit and he runs over and he's, he's stomping on the buildings and you got Eddie from Big Trouble Little China standing there going, oh, this is fantastic. <laughs> Right, finally something for me at this party. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because he looks completely bored up until the moment that happens. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's really fantastic. Except the uh, fact of Godzilla's Japanese, and I think he's Chinese. So. <laughs> but, you know, that's the 80s. I mean... I don't think we really right. cared. It, it, the 80s, we, we all thought it was the Orient. Right. So... <laughs> Well, yeah. You know, it, it it was not necessarily a great time for <laughs> for sensitivity to cultures in the 80s. Hey, and, and speaking of great names, you know, since we were talking about the Stork Brothers a minute ago, I just want to point out that George, his friend George, their last, his last name is Calamari. Right. And his sister's name is Squid Calamari. Ah. Oh, I didn't eat. Oh, well done. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's... That's so good, it's bad. That's good. Nice job, Danny. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> what about the What about the old dude in the wheelchair, man? I love that guy too. William Hickey, yeah. Yeah, man. Every, I mean, 
Christmas vacation. I mean, the guy's been in everything. Clark, why don't you go get uh, my stogies? <laughs> uh, Tales from the Crypt, the movie? Yes. Yes. That's the one with the cat, he right? He is the old man in a wheelchair in that. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with the cat. With Buster Poindexter, yeah. Oh, that's right. Uh, yeah, it's it's... If you're going to watch Tales from the Crypt, the movie, which is, uh, would I recommend that? I don't know. But it's worth it to watch that story uh, at the very least. But it's a good one. Yeah, the the, the running bit with him, uh, you know, uh, the guy from Animal House, the, the pledge bin guy. Yeah. I, and I feel terrible. I, I can't think of the actor's name, but. Niedermeyer. Uh, Niedermeyer. Every time uh, William Hickey goes by in the wheelchair and whatever he's plotting, he has to break off and be like, you know, hello, daddy. Uh, and it, it, like he, like William Hickey goes by once, and then he starts talking again, and then he just comes right back by in the wheelchair to interrupt again. I get it. It's just a great gag. And you got him flicking the cigar into Godzilla's mouth, so that's why his smoke's coming out of his mouth when he's stepping on the buildings. And it's, it's just, I don't know, man. It, it's it's my kind of humor all the way. <laughs> yeah. It, mine too. Well, I mean, I grew up on, on Looney Tunes as well. Yes. And... You know, it's it's that kind of wordplay, visual gag sort of stuff that a Savage deal, the Steve Holland, like you can't tell me this guy never saw a Woody Wood, Woodpecker cartoon. Right. Well, and even how the movie opens up, that. you know, the movie opens up yes. with all the, the artwork going on, you know, the, the cartoon, so animated stuff. So it's, it's, I don't know, man, it's a little something for everybody. All well, right. I'm sure this is going to come up. I'm sure this is going to come up in Did You Know, but, you know, Savage Steve Holland did those animated sequences and because he was an, an illustrator and an animator. And right. one of the other things that he animated was from the, the game show Press Your Luck. He, he, uh-huh. he animated the whammy. How about that? Whammy! Yeah, I, I read that as well. It, it's weird that Savage Steve Holland has, like, I haven't seen anything the guy's done in years and years but he is such a critical part of my comedy dna uh that uh, you know it, it, i like i i should send that guy money on yeah, the rig pretty much how i got into college kind of deep sixed him there for a long time i think he did, did something recently though uh it looks like he's done some you know kind of bod stuff um and and some television but there is a movie called Multiplexing hmm. uh, that looks like it's in pre-production. I don't know exactly what that movie is, but uh, um, it looks like it is a story about a group of people who work at a uh, movie theater multiplex, which sounds like a you know a yeah. great Savage Steve Holland joint. It's, so. it's a perfect place for it, yeah. Or popcorn. Hail Ming. Yeah, you got to watch out for Clay Stork, man. He'll kill everybody. Maybe that's what happened. Maybe this movie happened, and then because of that, popcorn happened. Which there is a really good popcorn joke in this movie. The giant bag of popcorn. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's so good. Did Liz, you get my popcorn? Actually. It's on my list, too. Uh, the whole drive-in too. scene is great, yeah. man. And he's watching the movie, and he's sitting by her, and the guy's on the screen with the chainsaw. I knew I'd find you with my girl at the drive-in. <laughs> it's John Matuzak, too, <laughs> uh, who's playing the killer in the movie. Oh, is he? As well as uh, the, uh, the biker, right? Yeah, I knew Stain? he was the biker. Doesn't yeah. he play Stain as well? Yeah. yeah. Is, it, is it not him? I, mean, I might be wrong. 
I, th- I thought he was playing the uh, the killer in the thing, but I think I know he's, he's right. I know he's staying. I know he's driving the motorcycle, but I don't know about him being in the movie. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure, but very well could be. Big money, uh, no whammy. <laughs> <laughs> no whammy, no whammy. All right, Bo, what you got? Uh, all right, I'm going to steal this from Danny. It is uh, it is the popcorn joke. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. oh yeah, the popcorn. Toss in literally a garbage bag full of popcorn. (laughs) And it's that walleye camera angle, like Uh on the bottom of the the car with the popcorn bag just like covering everything in reality. (laughs) So good. And and then the the payoff of that is they cut back later and the, the you know the hot girl in the film is balling up the empty bag. And John Cusack is like Wow, you've got some appetite. <laughs> just again, that's just the type of humor you're gonna get. Speaking of that, my my next one is gonna be just the fact that they go to generic high school. <laughs> and, yes, uh, the whole uh, the whole cap and gown thing. I mean, <laughs> you know, John Cusack's got the rented. Uh, the rental he's, his hat's like four times smaller than everybody else's and the gown he's wearing it comes down to just his elbows <laughs> and then when they throw their hats in the air and the one guy gets killed it like stabs him in the back you know just crazy stuff yeah man. yeah I've, I've got I've got death by mortarboard here on my uh, on my list it's it's amazing like everybody throws the hat and, and somebody gets up with it like a ninja star embedding right. his back oh it's, it's amazing the sound design is really good on that one too, because you hear that like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the dude just collapses on it. <laughs> they and just when they pr- realize what's happened, they, they sneak away. It's like we're not getting involved. Yeah, they just sit him in the chair and walk off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but generic high school is a great, uh, again, just a very funny bit. Yeah. All right, Danny. I've got to say Joe Flaherty as the uh, as the scout leader, yes. you know, and he's giving them all the uh, the first aid pep talk where he's like, you're going to see people with their eyeballs are going to be going out of their heads and you're going to have to put it back in with a stick or something and just and just bandage them up. I mean, it's, and it's Joe Flaherty, too. I mean, yeah, I was going to grab that. Their armpits got to be dripping off the trees. <laughs> I was going to get that sound bite, but I knew you would probably tear into it, so I just said, ah, Danny will, Danny will do it. Because you've said that oh, line man. many times in our conversations, so. Yeah, and even if it's not appropriate, I just belt into it. Like, and their eyeballs going to be out of their head. You're going to get it with a stick. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yeah, it, it, he's really, really uh, great in the movie. Like, he has a very small part. But it, like even his relationship with Akak is kind of nice uh, in the movie. So um, you know, I know we've been talking about all the gags and whatnot, but you know, uh, like all the the Steve Holland movies, there is some real heart to the yes. film. And you know, I mean, yep. it's John Cusack trying to find love and all that. But you know, Akak is the the son of uh, Joe Flaherty, who's very militaristic, and Akak just wants to help people and, and save people and, and doesn't want to hurt anybody. And uh, the payoff on that is really nice. I think. Every time there's a doll with its head missing, there's a little girls with their heart broken. Are you sure we have what it takes for the Marine Corps, Aki? <laughs> Classic. <laughs> He's on the beach picking up shells. Oh, well, that sounds more like Aki. Twelve-fifty a shell. <laughs> shouldn't, shouldn't you do this when they've stopped shelling? All right, Bo, what you got next, man? Uh, okay, my uh, next on my list is a throwaway line from Bobcat Goldthwait, who we just can't 
say enough good things about apparently but it's when he's going through the trailer uh to before he comes upon the godzilla outfit and it's him saying oh i can wear that anytime uh (laughs) when he comes to the dress (laughs) yes i i there is something about that just a complete toss of, of a line that kills me like every time i've watched uh, this movie bef- even before you see the godzilla thing i'm i'm in tears uh because of him just just sifting through all the costumes and making stupid comments about it and you know it goes back to the point of how how good he is in this movie but man oh man uh that that makes me laugh like nobody's business <laughs> killer stuff I don't know which one to go with next myself. I've either got I've got kicking soundtrack, which come on, you got some twisted sister, you got some eurythmics, you got a lot of cool stuff. Not to mention a group called Honeymoon Suite. That's right. <laughs> so you got a great soundtrack to this movie. You even got Be Cruel to Your School, which is Alice Cooper and Twisted Sister together. Some cool stuff going on. But with that all said. I have to say, fun at the beach. The whole beach stuff with uh, with George getting his head under the, the big guy that's eating the chili and just all the crazy stuff that's going on in those scenes. It's just oh uh, crazy. Bobcat giving the cat uh, to the little kid and they go flying off. You know, <laughs> all that stuff. Uh, uh, let me throw you a line and you can pay this one off. And it's John Cusack, like when the girls are like, hey, can you help us get the boat in the water? And John Cusack says, hey... <laughs> Uh, what do you say, guys? Uh, we'll we'll help the girls put the boat in the water. How does that sound? <laughs> and you know, of course, Bobcat immediately says, yeah. <laughs> "Like what? No, it, it sounds like work." And of course, cue the montage because you know who, who does yes. montage is better than seventies hot Steve directors, Holland, right? than directors. <laughs> well, eighties directors, you know, oh. yeah, because there's also that that uh, fun in the sun montage on the on the sandy beach and and there's a third montage where they where they rally all the advertisement for uh, Cassandra for Demi Moore to, yep. to you know play at the do drop in yeah, that's right and so that she can so that she can uh, acquire some funds and save her her family home from the Beckerstead estates is there anything more 80s out there than the whole plot of this movie and the montages I mean it's just well it's it's uh, every well, 80s movie ever wrapped in a one here's the thing about it and of course, I know you and I are both fans of this too. But you have to admit, Ernest Goes to Camp kind of pulled a lot from this movie. <laughs> are you saying Ernest Ernest P. World might have been a plagiarist? I'm just saying because yes. the same thing kind of happens because there's a scene where they're trying to stop these guys on bulldozers from knocking over a house, and then Ernest, you know, does the thing about you never say this to a badger and all that stuff, you know. When and Ernest grabs that the inner tube and it flies them up in the air, and then he lands under that that uh, lawn chair where that fat dude <laughs> sitting was eating chili straight out and, of the can, and then like those. And those those people won't uh, won't do CPR on him. Right. He's like a bidee 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 bidee. You know. <laughs> I think we finally uncovered a, a deep and dark Ernest P. World conspiracy. <laughs> what's what's bad is when it comes we, to we're uncovering <laughs> we're uncovering all this stuff, but we haven't uncovered the plot yet. <laughs> we we said what's number reason Bosco. But kind of does it matter? It really I mean, doesn't. It, it, it's a it's a snobs versus slobs kind of movie where you know 
John Cusack is looking for love so he can be inspired, so that he can become an artist and get into the Rhode Island School of Design. Meanwhile, the girl that he's kind of got the hots for is Cassandra, played by Demi Moore, who is about to lose her aunt's home because uh, Niedermeyer and his shitty kid <laughs> want to uh, r- like wreck. Uh, like tear down the house and build a big subdivision, right. including another lobster yeah. uh, restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> lobster log restaurant. 106, is that the number? Lobster log 106 is what it's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And at the end, just like in any 80s movie, they, they find some competition that, they, that they're able to win and save the day. Yeah, this is where they it, ski. You know, it's not they, a talent show. It's, they, they ski down the mountain, right? Oh! That's right. Unwilling. One ski. No, man. So they they try to raise money. And here's what I want to get to is Cassandra and her band. Did y'all see this band? Like the night when it's really happening? It's like, you know, four or five fat dudes with no hair and they're all wearing like tuxedo shirts with orange cummerbunds and then all the waitresses are the backup singers. (laughs) Where where did this come from? Oh, I, I mean, well, you had flyers all over town, so I assume that the background singers found her. They were like, hey, we heard there's a big uh, show tonight here at the Dew Drop-In, and we happen to be backup singers. But we're also the waitresses here, so... Yeah, I- <laughs> can you get my drink after this song? Kind of, the only thing I can remember about that whole sequence is that you only hear, like, the last three lines, the last three words of the song, and it's, don't look back... Everybody goes, yay! Yeah, that's all you hear of Cassandra and her amazing voice. Yeah. Like, through the whole movie. Yeah. Yeah, I, I will say that the one the one area that I think uh, Better Off Dead has an edge over One Crazy Summer is that One Crazy Summer doesn't have a song called One Crazy Summer in it. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. It also doesn't have the Danny's Lady in it either. Yeah. That's yeah, that's true. Diane Franklin's a reason. Yeah. It's a reason for living. <laughs> for going on for getting up in the morning. But I you, mean, there's Bosco, and then there's Diane. That's right. But you got that's Demi Moore. In that order. You, yeah. got, you got Demi Moore, though. At, at this point, Demi Moore was not really happening. But hey, look, she became a big deal. So there you go. It is well, you know, it, pre-boob job Demi Moore. Yes. And if you notice, of all the things we've talked about, the two things we really haven't mentioned all that much except in passing or John Cusack and Demi Moore because they're really just they're not what makes the movie you're right it's all the crazy zany other stuff that makes the movie they're almost the reason that people now would go try to watch it because they know their names but they are not the reason to watch the movie I'd talk about Jeremy Piven in this movie before I talk about Demi Moore really yeah I was just surprised Jeremy Piven was in this movie (laughs) it had been long enough that when I saw him I was like Jeremy Piven is in this and uh, he, he eats Odie's tongue. Yeah, <laughs> he's a real jerk. Yeah, which he's great. Uh, based on everything I've ever heard about Jeremy Piven, is actually accurate. Yeah, he's not acting. That's just the way it is. <laughs> <laughs> right. They, he he was never handed a script in this movie. They were just like, "Be yourself, Jeremy. It's gonna be fine." And sure enough, he was eating stuffed animal tongues. Well, you know, and Bo, you said it earlier. You're talking about the just the the heart this movie has and stuff. And I think that's one thing that that Steve Holland did was get the right people in the right roles because the bad people are the people you cannot stand. 
you know, the, you feel something for these people that are the losers that are trying to put the, the little team together and make things happen. You relate to all that stuff, and they put the right people in the right places. That's that's what makes the movie. Not yeah. any one of them. As much as I love Bob, I mean, Ack Ack is just as funny. Joe Flaherty, I mean, it, it takes all of them. And that's what makes this movie so fun. When when Bob Goldthwait's like, and he, and he had a twin brother that he didn't look anything alike. But he wanted to. Yeah, it's it's a weird detail. Like uh, they were twi- like, there is such a thing as you know fraternal twins, just people who like came out at the same time, but they don't look anything alike. And just this uh, like un- uncovering that perhaps Egg wanted to look like Stork or vice versa. What you got, Danny? Anything else? Well, you know, I, I, I can say that the the whole the whole cookie thing with with uh, dude's girlfriend. You know, trying to go out with John Cusack, right. uh, Bill Murray's other brother that wasn't in movie violations. Uh, you know, he's he's pretty amazing. <laughs> but as far as events, I mean, you know, there's just so much that goes on. We could talk about the regatta for a minute. You know, the the moment where he he throws the the, the steel ball and finally makes a, a basket to to save the day. Yes, but I mean all that. You watch it and you'll like it, but it's not really reason to watch the movie. You know, it's not like foam too. <laughs> true, very true. I mean, isn't it? Uh, although I do love the fact that they went to all the trouble of building a uh, a disguise for their Ferrari motor. Yes, just so that they could blow the hatch. Yes, yeah. Because there's no other reason to do it. That's that's, uh, it, that's definitely on my notes. Blow the hatch. It's great. I mean, and and that's really the story of this movie is it's like you don't want this movie for this one particular performance or this one particular thing, as as we've been saying. It is just like, hey, this is going to be we're going to throw everything at the wall and see what sticks. Right. It's like if Johnny Dangerously were slightly less dirty, maybe, and a little more fun loving. And freewheeling, but it, it it really is just it, you know one other th- joke that I, I upon seeing it again I was like oh my god that, that's a joke that has hung with me and I think I've stolen it uh, in a, in a script not knowing it um, is the is Joel Murray saying at the very beginning of the movie when he's trying to convince John Cusack to go to Nantucket and he says. Um, you know, I got to get out of here for a little while. Like my mom's been on my case. She says that I'm irresponsible and that I just, I don't pay attention to things and I put <laughs> things off and he stands up and the camera follows him. And on top of his car is strapped the deadest Christmas tree you ever saw. Yep. And yeah. it's really yeah. wonderful. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Along my notes, the way it goes down the final part of the page, it says, Boat Montage. We talked about that. Then I got my Watsamata U, which when they raised their sail, and they got the Watsamata Watsamata U logo in the middle, which I used to have a t-shirt that said that. Mm -hmm. Blow the hatch. And guess what's right after that? Honeymoon Suite! (laughs) (laughs) As, As my ad may have suggested... Uh, the thing rounding out my list is the your face will freeze that way. Yes. Which yes. is kind of horrifying in the movie. <laughs> of these little girls who are making faces and they get slapped on the back, which they are told, like, hey, if you make faces and somebody slaps you on the back, your face could freeze that way. And they cause just utter chaos as they run throughout this movie and people see them. 
because they are hideous. They look like the the Twilight Zone. People. Oh, you nailed it. That's what you know, I was going to say. Kind of pig people, right? Yeah, and that falls in with the fact that they keep running through is a great shtick. But another great great uh, trope that that that, that uh, adds into is that anytime you mess with Bosco, you know, Squid Calamari, uh, George's younger sister is going to get you back. You know, she 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 will get vengeance for her dog, and when Niedermeyer. You know, get this ugly thing off of my lawn. Right. Kicks, kicks, kicks Bosco yeah. when foam, the giant dolphin's rabies, shows up to uh to stop him from shooting somebody with a crossbow. As she pilots foam, the rabid dolphin. Yes, and I, I you gotta, you gotta think that maybe security around that movie set is pretty lax <laughs> when they're letting <laughs> an right underage it. girl. Maybe well, it wasn't the Char- security, wasn't it Bob Goldblatt? <laughs> maybe it's a Charles Band production and nobody cared. Oh! Yeah, I don't care. That hurts. <laughs> and and by that hurts, I mean that is totally accurate. Yes, yes. So, All right, we're going to move right into Top 5 Lines! Top 5 Lines! Yay! <laughs> All right, so top five lines could be real lines, could be fake lines. Who knows? Danny, what you got? All right, so my my top line, or one of my top lines, comes from George Calamari, who says, "Hey, hoops, die in alphabetical order." Oh, you're kidding me! <laughs> it's the same one I had. Yeah. You ever notice that people oh, are dying, dying in alphabetical order? Yeah. The same one I it's had, man. Obituaries. It's, a, it's a great line. Yeah. It's a great line. Yeah. Well, we, we picked the same one. How about that? All right, Bo, you got it's one? It's a good joke. I, oh, God, I feel like I've, I've, I've blown everything talking about this. It, <laughs> all right. It's the why are you so fat? Why are you so fat? I'll go back to it. I'm not sure. afraid. Yeah. I'll, I'll take that criticism. <laughs> Listeners. Yeah. <laughs> I have to go. I have, I have to go back to Uncle Frank when he's sitting there and they're walking in. Hey, Uncle Frank, what are you doing? Shut the door! Can't you say I'm doing something? <laughs> <laughs> he's the best. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Danny, you got another one? Well, you know, I have to quote Teddy where he says, "I'm doing my laps." <laughs> yeah, Teddy is. Uh, he is, sucks. <laughs> yeah. He's a real jerk. He obsessively does his uh, his exercise laps in the pool. Yes. <laughs> Bo, you got another one? It's the, uh, the, the uh, going back to Teddy, who is stupid, um, <laughs> saying like when he's trying to describe Cassandra and he yeah. says, uh, what do they call those things in her hair? Corn husks? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It makes me laugh. That's a, that is a good one. And obviously the top line of the whole movie, and when you watch this, you'll you'll recognize it, but it's when uh, Demi Moore is talking to John Cusack, and she says, you want to see my cheese nips? <laughs> uh, <laughs> so you must be really good at basketball with a name like Hoops. <laughs> yeah. Gag. Uh, like, the, the opening shot of his uh, trash can with the, the basketball goal on it, and there's paper literally <laughs> everywhere but in the trash can. Yeah. It's, it's wonderful. Classic. Classic. All right. We're going to move right into... Rating time, time. Time. Rating time. Danny, what you think? Oh, yeah, I'm going to have to give this one 106 Lobster Log Restaurants. <laughs> Nice. Bo, you got a, a rating for us? I do. I'm going to give this 50 animal hospitals <laughs> out of 50. 
They're so cute. <laughs> it's, the cat has a little bandage on. How do you not love that? All right. And uh, I'm going to give it uh, 717 honeymoon sweets. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wait, wait, if not a Hail Mean record, it is definitely a mic drop record. Yes, I you think gotta so. Think. Right. So, uh, and the only band that had more drops is probably Queen. So I, I can't go further than I did with Queen, but still, Honeymoon Suite. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. And as oh, always, one more time. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> and as always, Brian Blessed, what do you think of One Crazy Summer? Flying blind on a rocket cycle. Hmm. I, th- I think he liked it. I think yeah. he liked it, but he's like I, confused. That's code for it. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's code for it. I, I, I've never seen a movie quite like this, but I love it. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. All right, folks, we'll be right back. <laughs> In a world of constant struggles lives someone who's had more than their share. Since birth, he fought an uphill battle against all of mankind. Growing up alone, with no one to talk to, no family or friends, and no place to call home. They all laughed at him. He was never included in any activities with those his own age. New Age Cinema presents a tale so sad, so unimaginable, you won't believe your eyes. Based on a true story, Foam 3. Well, it was a dolphin. Not just any dolphin, but a porpoise. Yes, he's a dolphin with a porpoise. To overcome his eyes and make his dreams come true. Growing up in Nantucket, he caught rabies from a baby raccoon he befriended on the subway. This dolphin with rabies scared all the tourists. His mouth constantly foamed, therefore the horrible nickname that was given to him. Watch Willie as he becomes foam and the challenges that arise from being a dolphin with rabies to him fulfilling his lifelong dream of becoming sheriff of Tombstone, Arizona. Critics agree, Foam 3 is the must-see film of the year. What the did I just watch? says Jim Johnson of Daily News Sentinel. Terrific, says the Hoboken Auto Trader. 
Leave me alone or I'm calling the cops, says Joe Fredericks of Omaha, Nebraska. Quit asking me these questions. I'm just trying to get some laundry detergent, says Pamela Newton, shopping at Fred's. Foam 3. Coming this summer to a theater near you. First time, he terrorized the high seas. The second time, he took his revenge on a New England fishing village. Now, he's just trying to make it home for the holidays. What you mean you don't think you'll be visiting your family on the holidays? What kind of monster are you? Just because I'm a giant killer dolphin with rabies doesn't mean I'm a monster. Okay, maybe technically I am. It's just me and my dad. We we never really got along. I was a performer. My father was a performer. His father before him was a performer. We jumped through the hoops and all the kids would cheer. But my son, no. He has to run off and not join the circus. He wants to scare fishing villages. They were eating our kind. Don't judge people. Now, with his new friend Gobbies, he's got 48 hours to make it to SeaWorld to try and bring his family together. He'll travel by sea. There's gonna be a better way. By land. So how'd you get a pool inside the truck, man? Wasn't easy. And by air. I didn't know you were a pilot fish. More like a pilot and training fish. Hey, how you think they got the mountain goat way up here in the clouds? Whoa! But nothing will keep this pair from making it home. No, I'm not giving a ride to some fish. <laughs> I'm a giant dolphin with rabies! That's my boy! The producers of Foam and Foam 2 comes Foam 3. Foam for the holidays. Submitted for your approval. Tale as traditional as hot dogs and baseball. A tale of a little girl and her dog. Except in this case, it's not just an average girl and her dog story. For one of these two is a monster. At first look, you may think it's the strange looking animal known as the dog from Mars. But in actuality, the monster is the little girl, whose only love is for her furry companion, and will destroy murder, and mutilate anyone who dare disrespect her canine friend. Think twice next time you make a funny face at a strange animal, for a vindictive little ginger may slap you on the back and freeze your face that way forever. Take a close look at those dog tags, for they read, The Squid Zone.
And now, did you know, with Redbeard the Pirate. Arr, shiver me timbers, matey. You didn't think we could talk about a movie with boats and sailing and not have me get involved, did ya? This is Redbeard the Pirate, and this is Did You Know. Did you know Savage Steve Holland did the animation for the film? He was upset Gene Siskel and Roger Ebert roasted his earlier John Cusack film, Better Off Dead. Two bunnies that get blown up at the end of the movie bear a strong and not accidental resemblance to the two movie critics. Did you know the name Hoops McCann was taken from a character in the 1980 Steely Dan song, Glamour Profession? Did you know, when asked to do Did You Know for the Helming Power Hour, I watched me copy of One Crazy Summer on me VCR. Did you know Joel Murray stated in an interview that he did not think he would be cast as George Calamari because Jeremy Piven was auditioning for the same role and was best friends with John Cusack. To Murray's surprise... Piven was cast as Ty instead, and he got the part. Well, blow me down. Did you know when Calamari picks up two women at the dance, the strawberry blonde on the right is director Steve Holland's sister, whose childhood nickname was Squid, and is the basis for the little girl in the film also named Squid. Did you know that I was the originator of the craze called planking? Did you know Curtis Armstrong's character is named Ak-Ak? The airport's call letters for the island of Nantucket, the film's primary setting, is A-C-K. Ak. You've been listening to Did You Know with Redbeard the Pirate on the Hell Ming Power Hour. Did you know that you can have me chest, but leave me booty alone? All right, folks, that's going to do it for us. Hey, take the time and check out this movie. I mean, we kind of danced all over the place with this one because we both likes, or we all like so many parts of this movie that, you know, we really didn't tell the story here. And it really isn't that important. Just watch it and have a good time. That's the way I think about it. What do you think about it, Danny? Yeah, yeah. Savage Steve Holland is good about that. Where, where everything is is, and Bo really did a great job of pointing this out. Everything's you know, sight gags and hokey jokes and and uh, and goofy characters and and it's just it's just a great good time. And it, you know, that the good guys are going to win in the end. You know, the guy's going to get the girl. Those things aren't in contentious. It's just it's just a lot of fun, right? So once again, man, it's just awesome to have Bo back on the show with us, man. Bo. Appreciate you coming on, man. It's always fun. Glad you could be with us. Yeah. Thanks for having me. And uh, like, how do how do I get back to the future? Uh, well, that'll just. I've, I've just, always wanted to say that. Well, it, you can. Uh, Time chicken. <laughs> you you can either try to catch the chicken, or there's this guy that you can buy these drops from, and you take one for every decade, and you sleep. And uh, <laughs> how could that go wrong? <laughs> But no, man, it was, it was Did awesome. Did you say man. the words right this time? We waited. Yeah. Oh man, <laughs> we waited way too long to get you back on the show. And who knows? We may have a chance to bring you back on for another Steve Holland movie here pretty soon. We'll see how that works out. 
Mm. Oh, that sounds so good. <laughs> yeah, we're going to do How I Got Into College. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we're going we're gonna to do a live hey, reading the, the script for Multiplex. <laughs> yes. Nice. <laughs> well, from all of us to all of you, I'm Rick. I'm Danny. And he's Bo. I was Bo. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you next time, folks. <laughs> Hey everybody, haven't we all had that one crazy summer? That one time in our lives that we overcame obstacles, we made friends, threw caution to the wind and made our lives better in one fell swoop. I think it's important to realize that these are the moments that define us. Our worst defeats, our greatest victories. One crazy summer defines all of that. Ultimately, it's the story of friends. Friends coming together, friends overcoming evil, and friends stopping a lobster log restaurant from taking away the ancestral home of a fairly decent singer, although we don't hear her. Well, that's all I got for today. And remember, actions speak louder than catchphrases. Good night, everybody. Members of the audience, will receive the following. Classic Curves by Biddos, the pants for feel-good company. A gift certificate from Maru-Chan Ramen Noodles. Rice-A-Roni. All guests receive a copy of the El Ming Home Game. Thanks to the creative minds and special appearances of Mark Allison, Jeremy Finch, and Jacob Kennedy. Hell Bing is a proud member of Legion Podcasts. Check out all the great shows at legionpodcast.com. Hell Bing is available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and Legion Podcast. This is Dan Pardo saying good night.
stop the torture. 